Welcome to another Midmitten Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, GM Jeff, and with me as always is... <laughs> oh, uh, it sounds like Jeff's uh, reading a script there, but he's not, I promise. Uh, he just hasn't it's been, it's been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day and I have not had... I need 40% Hi, more GM coffee. GM Juice, and this is Joff. <laughs> Juice, uh, you didn't give us a juice from around the world today. You just, you know, I I did uh, just now. That was juice from uh, Illinois. Anyway. Uh, since I was just there, uh, there's just a slight curve in the accent. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, when you I say hate it. You. I just want you to know that. Uh, the reason the laughter came is because the smog in the area. You know, it kind of like fills your lungs and then you cough a lot so i'm a little disturbed at how much thought you put into that explanation (laughs) anyway so today we have the current the reigning north american champion roger rexroad with us say hi roger hello there you go all right so uh we're gonna we're gonna be interviewing him um we all all three of us were at adepticon so um we're just gonna dive in uh we'll uh, before the interview, we're going to talk about our Adepticon experiences. And so, uh, Juice, uh, what were your highs and lows for Adepticon? Well, you see, there's a second floor where you play, and that was probably my highest point. <laughs> nah, anyway. Um, anyway, so, so we're also at, here at Midmint Gaming. We're looking for a new uh, co-host. Because the other one died somehow, uh, mysteriously. and got Off the sky lift at the... <laughs> the renaissance um it's kind of hard to pinpoint a high i guess um i i would say just like talking to people and getting to say hi to people in person and um you know just hanging out with people is probably the high you know i got to um just just hang out with a lot of good people and play a lot of good games uh, with them and uh I played a lot of different game systems. I played Bushido, a lot of you know Free Blades. I played um, Relic Blade. Um, some, gosh, did, I played a couple other demos of stuff. What did you get to play Relic Blade while there? Yeah, yep, oh, we played. Cool. Yep, me and uh, Scott played at the B and B, so that was fun. And I played Kill Wager, just a bunch of stuff. So that was just really fun, and I got to do that all with uh, friends and make new friends. So that was that was really exciting. Um, I, for lows, uh, the only really low I'd say is, uh, you know, you you get tired. I guess that would probably be the main thing. It's a little bit of a exhausting con in a way, um, just because there's a lot of stimulation going on, a lot of noise and stuff like that. So, um, at the end of it, you know, is a little bit tired, and it's always one of those things that goes by fast, even though you anticipate it for a long time. So, but yeah, I think I think that would be it. Um, what about yourself, Jeff? I want to hear from Roger first. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think my high is probably similar. I was telling uh, some of the guys there when we would first arrived, I was pretty pumped. This was the first invention-like setting that has felt normal, you know, since pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of nice to not have all the, you know, gobbledygook or mask, don't mask, do this, don't do that. You know, should I go, shouldn't I go? And so... Um, just getting to hang out with everybody and um, catch up with friends, see people face to face. Things in my personal life had been a little wonkety for a few weeks, and so just being able to get away and um, 
you know, focus on fun instead of stuff was pretty cool. Awesome. Do you have a low? Um, I think my low probably <laughs> came in our game. I almost never use the hammer of uh, Vidnar. Really? Stuff. That's your low? I almost <laughs> never use that. And it was set up perfect to use. Oh, my gosh. I made the right call. It would have worked awesome. I probably could have made a few people break, and I tarched the roll. I can't believe that's your low. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, now that uh, you have a, a coin, don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you can re-roll it now. Right. I didn't use mine in the tournament, so. Yeah. Um, my side to try and intimidate me with it. Oh, I should have. No, you rolled out. You did, man. You slapped it down on the table. Oh, yeah, I, I did try and intimidate you with it. Really, I just thought it was cooler than um, an objective marker. So I was like, yeah, let's put yeah. a coin down. That's what we're playing for, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my low, <laughs> I, I was thinking about the con, and my low was I spent 30 minutes in the vendor hall. <laughs> it cost me all my money. And then... Um, <laughs> And then I, uh, I never got up to go see the Golden Demon stuff, oh, yeah. which was a huge bummer when I like clicked that I had never, I did not go look at the Golden Demon entries. It was pretty busy. Um, yeah. The high for the con for me is just, uh, yeah, being with the DGS demo team and other DGS staff. I really love that and getting to see uh, some, you know, my friends. Uh, from back home at the con, having a blast, enjoying the game. I really, I really like seeing people enjoy the game. So, yeah, that'd probably yeah. be my high. Well, Juice, you want to jump into the questions for Roger there? Also, Roger, what you get to be, you get to be on the uh, podcast. Isn't that fun? I know. Life right? goals, right? <laughs> Juice, I've been telling Jeff for like a year. Hey, man, get me on the podcast. Get me on the podcast. <laughs> Jeff never told me that, so it's his fault. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Juice does all of our uh, scheduling. <laughs> do I? Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, Roger, the first question we have for you is list building. Um, what are some thoughts that went into your specific list for this year's Adepticon? Uh, so, I probably... Um, I, probably three years ago, I played Aaron Newell in a game, uh, and he played me with a Merchale list. It was pretty shooty. I remember it, that list. Um, I mean, he just absolutely eviscerated me um, in a Gen Con tournament. And uh, I just kind of looked at that and thought, man, I really need to change how I play this game because I wasn't near maneuverable enough. So... Um, I was looking at the list itself. I really wanted to have a couple models that could create an anchor point and a couple models that I know could get anywhere on the board that I needed to get quickly. And so that kind of was the initial crux of what I was going for. And then it just kind of evolved into what I ended up putting together for a list. What was your list? Um, Shadowhunter. Well, it was Falcar. Okay. And a Shadow Hunter leader with the Jinkar companion, leader companion. Um, two Parakir, two Veteran Knight Defenders, a Jindal Blade Seeker, uh, Sheriff's Levy, and two Sailors. 
Nice. I gotta say, I regret recommending the Jindal Blade Seeker. <laughs> regret. <laughs> so, so I, I originally took a. I really wanted to use the Lightbringer as an ally, but I was one gold shy because I, I felt like it was important to have the Sheriff's Levy in the list. Um, I'd say it was important. But, she sucked. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yeah, she sucked. That so you know bad. what? That's my low. That's my I think what it means. I think you mean to say she sucked the life out of you. Oh my gosh, she one-shotted my <laughs> caster from all the way across the board. It was, oh my gosh, um, brutal. But uh, in doing that, I had taken a uh, a bear of uh, I'm sorry, a knight of Glaren, and and Jeff pointed out he was like, wait a minute, you can't take that guy. He's got protector, and you know, you should really read the rules. And in the fine print on the allies table, you can't take a model with protector. So. At the last minute, I had to swap out for the Blade Seeker. Nice. So, what was your hardest match? Uh, it was probably my second game against Irvin. Um, I jokingly to him, I'm like, ha, 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 Irvin, my old friend, we meet again. Um, between mid mid <laughs> last crying. year, right? <laughs> mid mid last year, and then this year, we played four times. Oof. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Jeez. Yeah, so we drew our first match last year or in mid-mitten. We had a draw, and then he beat me for the final. And then I beat him pretty handily the first game we played this year, but he had a couple unfortunate delay rolls that kind of set him back at the beginning. And then, but when we played, when I played against him in the finals, scenario was looting spree. And he had uh, two Ventarxes and two, I can't remember, I think Marauders. Marauders. Hero, with Deft Rider. Yeah, with Deft Rider. So, and I, the way the loot markers scattered, all three of the loot markers on his side of the board scattered toward his deployment edge. So he essentially had, just with his infiltrate move, he was in a position to pick up the markers and start moving back toward his table edge in turn one. Um, so I was really behind the eight ball from jump in that scenario. Um, so I was able to get two loot markers relatively early. And then, uh, I contested the third and it, that game really, uh, turned on an initiative role. He had a Ventarx on the loot marker. Had he won initiative, it was positioned to where he could get behind the building I likely would not have been able to catch him to keep him from getting off. Turn I won initiative, and I was able to charge him with my gen car and both my parakeer. So I dropped him. That let me acquire a third loot marker, uh, and so then I was able to break him. Did, did the Ventarks have that game? Yeah, the Ventarks had the loot marker. Oof, that's rough. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's not, that sounds like a really hard match. I, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> I think you already know this, but just for all the viewers, I was so stressed out about who would win that match <laughs> because I'm Team Roger all the way. Irvin, I love you. You're a great competitor. Um, but Roger, I was Team Roger. Everybody, I think everybody was Team Roger, if I'm being honest. Well, most people root for somebody who hasn't won a coin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, right? it's yeah. not that I'm not Team Irvin. It's just that I I always root for a person that doesn't have a coin. Exactly. Somebody that does because <laughs> it's a, it's like underdog. So I was so stressed out in that match that I had to leave. <laughs> I couldn't be there. <laughs> and then Jager comes over and it's like all solemn. He's like, 
the match is over. And I'm like, oh, no, Irvin won. Again, Irvin, it's not you, man. Uh, and I was like, no, Roger lost. Oh, geez. He goes, no, Roger didn't lose. He won. And I, like, start crying. I fell down. It was, I was a train wreck. Jen, I think uh, Jeff got more emotional than I did. I probably did. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Anyway. So, all right. So that's, that's your hardest match. <laughs> that was your hardest match. Do you want to give us, like, um, high points of any other matches? Or, yeah. Or talk, well, yeah. So, the, my first game, like? my first game was against Josh. Um, it was the Frontier scenario, if I remember correctly. Um, he was knocking some of the rust off. I don't recall his last name. Um, good guy. And he was playing a trillion uh, blade dancer, shooty list, you know, dismounted blade riders, hmm. stalker ally. Um, but it was the high wind weather. So while my list is a little bit shooty, that actually helped me on that game because it made his archers a little less effective. And so probably the turning point of that game is um, he charged with a misdancer on the far right frontier objective. Um, I killed his misdancer with a couple three models, and then his stalker on that side of the board failed his discipline check and ran off the board. Mm. Um, so I just had this vision in my head of them yelling, "We paid you good money!" While he was running away. <laughs> uh, so let, let that be. Of... Let that be a lesson to everybody in Freeblades yep. who thinks that an all range list is awesome. Weather yeah. is will be in a third of your games, and sometimes it just tells you nope. Yeah. And high Not winds is that, actually the nicest one. Yeah, yeah, that D eight discipline of the uh, of the stalker. stalker can bite you too. Oh yeah, it does. It's actually why um, I don't take one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, second game was against Irvin. Um, it was Warrior's Tomb. Uh, I had a pretty good handle on that game from the beginning because he failed a delay roll with his one of his Ventarks on turn one. Um, and I was on that like white on rice. So I had all my archers just uh, murder, murder, you know, slaughter his Ventarks turn one. Um, so he had dropped him right away. And then he had another round where he failed to delay roll on his um, uh, Carbazol um, at a somewhat significant time. Um, but it was, I had that one pretty much in hand from the get go because it was just hard to get back from losing that Ventark set early. Yeah. Uh, game three. Yeah. Yeah. I played Aaron, um, um, which was kind of nice. Cause again, you know, a few years ago, he really just trounced me. Um, and he's always a fun opponent, really good player. Um, and he had, was playing again, that trillion blade rider, you know, dismounted blade riders, guardians, stalker. Um, and then, but there was a, a big woods template essentially in the center of the board. And we cat and mouse around it for a while. The turning point really was probably, um, I moved my gen car, discorporated my gen car and moved him into his backfield on top of a building by some of his archers. And so, he just had to deal with it, you know, because it was back there. And so it took some of the pressure off my models. Um, he moved in with his misdancers and then tried to do a break off. I had cast uh, Glaren's Guard on my Blade Seeker, and my Blade Seeker critted and dropped him. Um, and so then it just kind of fell apart for him after that. Um, that Shadow Hunter has some awesome toolbox on him. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got some great spells. Um, third game was against Walt, who owns uh, Tabletop in Kansas City. Mm. Um, it was a fun. It was a fun game. He he was running the two. Um, oh, I can't Kur- remember Kurgazors. Yeah, yeah, the two Kurgazars without a pack master. So they were just kind of <laughs> marauding crazy, yeah, marauding yeah, dinosaurs, right? <laughs> and so, so it was a pretty good game. He, I had a pretty fair numeric advantage in model count, and so um, my knight defenders were able to hold up enough that I was able to pin his Kurgazars, and then he just couldn't get back to um, to deal with my parrot here, and so I was able to take the uh, the camp raid objective from him. Nice. And then my fourth game was against uh who was my fourth game against? Actually my fourth game was against Aaron. So Aaron is who I played in the fourth game. Yeah, okay. And that then was... yeah. And then Irvin in the finals for the uh looting spree, and then you in the finals in skirmish. Yeah, I don't know if there was a probably that shot from the archer was a big turning point. Yeah, it I think Early on in our game, you moved your um, your two archer riders. Um, I think your marauders. You yep. moved them up the right side really aggressively to go after one of my parak here, and I was able to dodge one of those shots. And I think you gacked your rolled armor. A, your I, I rolled armor a two, yeah. yeah. And so when he survived there, I thought that would probably give me an opportunity to go after your caster. Um, so on the turn where I hurt your caster, it hurt you really bad because I had swung my other parakeer out to that flank. My thought was, I'm going to take a shot with my levy. If I score a hit on your caster, I'll shoot it again with my parakeer. If not, I'll just take out that follower. And then my levy double crit, you know, critted and took your caster out. And then I took out your follower that turn too. So that pretty much yep. completely collapsed your... Well, and you had another shot on my Side. pain bringer that did two life points. Yeah, the sailor. Yeah, sailor did two life points to the yeah. pain bringer. So I, I will say again for perpetuity, uh, John Cleves was one hundred percent right. I told him for two years. I'm like the sailors suck. All they do good is die, but they're a fantastic model. They're great, now and you ran them very. Now that I know what I'm well. doing. <laughs> yeah, you ran them very very well. I was yeah really I was I was proud of you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, you figure it's an eight gold model that essentially gives you two attacks a turn mm-hmm. if you're using them right. Yeah, if <laughs> I don't use them right ever, <laughs> you don't really play Falcar either. So this is true. This is true. Um, so that being said, now that we've kind of heard about your matches, uh, you know, it's hopefully not a spoiler to anyone out there, but Roger did end up winning. So, woo uh, Roger got the coin and took over the North American Championship. Um, but uh, how did you feel, um, you know, on your last game after um, uh, you're in Jeff's match? You know, how did you how did you kind of feel? You're like, holy crap, I got a coin kind of thing. Yeah, it was extremely satisfying. Um, I've, I've been jokingly have told Jeff over the years he's been like my Tom Brady of free blades because it seems like, He's always handed me a loss when we've played at some point in a tournament. It's kept me out of getting into the finals. You know, I just miss it or things like that. And so, uh, Michigan was the exception last year, but we didn't play free tournament. You're right, right. 
three tournaments before that, you know, he'd always handed me an L. So I think Jeff and I played four or five times. Um, and um, some of the games had been close, but not particularly. And so um, to be able to essentially beat Irvin, who um, I lost to by a hair's breadth last year in Michigan, um, and then to beat Aaron, who is who eviscerated me a few years back, and then to beat Jeff and do that all in the same tournament um, was pretty cool because it let me get rid of all my Free Blades PTSD at once. <laughs> really had to bribe a few people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Banish all your free blades demons, right? That's what you're right, saying, right? So, well, yeah. So, tell us a little bit about that journey. So, for those of you guys who, I, I most people probably don't know this, um, but when Rogers started playing tournaments um, and started playing free blades a number of years ago, um, he was a D player by his own admission. Uh, yes. Not just not a great player. Uh, making tons of mistakes, getting his butt handed to him, stuff like that. And now he's the North American champion. And so, one, this should give everybody great hope, right? It also yep. speaks to our game being about skill rather than luck, I think, uh, because you've put a lot of time into uh, sorting how to play, I'd say. But what, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about that journey and specifically any, like, tips or tricks that you might have for players aspiring to become the North American champion. So, yeah, so I started playing, I don't know, it was like 2018, I think. Um, Falcar jumped out to me right away as the faction that I wanted. I think two models in particular really spoke to me. It was the Blade Seeker and the Blade Sister. Um, aesthetically, I love the models. I also love the stats of the Blade Seeker, um, so that's why I started using them initially. Uh, and it's hard for me to uh, get away from something I start with if I feel like I've played it wrong. So as I was losing, um, I never felt like, oh, Falcar isn't good enough. I felt like I keep screwing it up, and so I've stuck with them throughout because I've again I just wanted to get to where I could kind of master that faction uh, and I could even to the point that had I lost my game against you but felt like I didn't make any mistakes playing them mm. um, I probably could have moved on um, but yeah my very first game was against Chris Jackson um, at Gen Con <laughs> and he just absolutely shelled me and he's such a nice guy I, it was like uh I enjoyed it the whole time because he was such a great dude about it, right? I was like, do you want to beat me in another game, Chris? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was just, I, it, it was like every time I played, I've always been a pretty avid gamer and, and felt like I am a pretty good game player. So typically, um, someone would do something uh, that I was not expecting and it would pay off, uh, but I would vow to myself I either need to come up with a tactic to counter that or not let that surprise me again and so it was just all learning experience from you know moving on and then at mid-mitten um, kind of in hanging out with John in one of the conversations I think he was talking with Luke about something 
And he made the statement, he's like, I don't care what models you're playing. I just need to make sure to play mine right. You know, I need to make sure I have an answer for anything that comes up. And I really started thinking more and more about that. And then um, I wasn't quite able to take that to heart last November because um, in the turn that Irvin won, and Irvin played a perfect game. When I look back at his championship against me, I was playing Falcar, he was playing Demons, a list fairly similar to the one that I had. Um, he was up by points, and I made a move that was kind of a desperation move to try and kill one of his models. Well, on that turn, he critted my Parakir, which is not a hard thing to do because it's got three armor, and then he critted my Jinkar again, three armor, and killed both those models. And at first, my first reaction to that was, oh, man, you know, two kind of lucky rolls. And it but the more I thought about it, um, you know, John kind of pointed out, too, I made a move that was unnecessary. So it's like a good roll helped, but I put the models in a position where they shouldn't have been. So I think kind of with free blades, initially, you don't know the rules. Uh, and then you start learning the rules pretty good. And then you feel like, oh, the dice have some play. Uh, but I think eventually you get to the point where it's like, okay, the dice do come into play, but if I'm playing correctly, I can really mitigate the dice swinging if I'm doing things right. And that's not to say that, you know, every once in a while you just, it's a, you know, cascade of dice failure and it, you can't overcome that. But for the most part, um, if you're playing well, the swings and the dice shouldn't impact you much. Yeah. Well, like, even, you took out my caster, that was a swing right. in the dice, but it did, that wasn't the, that was by, <laughs> wasn't the only coffin by a long shot, you know, it's like, ah, dang it, oh well, moving on, you know, yeah. uh, I was still in that fight until, uh, when my, it was, it was until, uh, the pain, when the pain bringer dropped, that was, that was, uh, that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So... And I put him in a position where he could do that. I should have dismounted the the Corcon and pulled the Gen Car off. That's what I should have done. And then my Painbringer would not have died. Likely, he might may have, but likely wouldn't have. So yeah, it would have know. certainly bought you around another or turn or two. Yeah. And you know who knows what can happen at that. point. Exactly, exactly. I could keep missing with my Marauders. That's what <laughs> right. Jeez, oh, anyway. <laughs> So hey, those flappy birds are shifty, man. They are, they are shifty. Anyway, yeah, okay. So you played the same thing, and then like you're talking about, uh, you played the same list from beginning to end, and so it seemed like y you wanted to play with it to the point where you wouldn't make any mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I tweaked the list a little bit. So back in November, when I played last North American Championship against Urban when I lost, I had a Pikeman and a Sheriff's Levy and the Lightbringer. And so I felt like I needed, in particular, for scenarios that had three objectives, like um, Trials of Garavis or Domination or Frontier, I felt like I needed another anchor model in the list. So I wanted One to have... Each. Yeah, three heroes that um, were really good hand-to-hand -hand combat models. So I dropped the Pikeman follower and a Sheriff's Levy follower and 
um, picked up another veteran knight defender. So I would have the three, the two veteran knight defenders and the blade seeker. Yeah, those guys are real tanky too. They're nice. They're great models. But but it was really I kind of had an idea in my head what I wanted the list to do, and then I would tweak it, tweak it, tweak it over the course of about three years, and then I would say this iteration um, is probably does exactly what I wanted to do. Right, but it's important. It's what you wanted to do. Right. Not right. what somebody else wanted to do. So just because you're running Roger's list, if you decide to do that, doesn't mean it's the best Falcaran list out there because he's leaving a ton of models off the table that are mm -hmm. amazing models. Like, I like the Caradel Blade Sister or the C, uh, C Blade because they're fixers. They solve yep. problems that come up. Heavy armor, stuff like that. They can solve those. Eric, your OP, please nerf. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's that AV3, man. It's just too good. <laughs> yeah. I can't crack it. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently the, you can't, so I'm just saying. I need the secret <laughs> saws. Oh, man. So that's you gotta cool. you got to sharpen the tips of the spears, not just throw <laughs> sticks. Yes. And then one of the other things I think I picked up on is uh, players who are better than you taught you lessons through failure. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. one of the that's one of the bigger things I think just over the course of our convers uh, many conversations, um, you know you learn from you learn from Irvin, not to and really John pointing it out, but Irvin not to not put your guys in bad positions. I don't know what you learned from me. Get good. Uh, there's, <laughs> I think main so the shady D. Oh, the Shady um, D, yeah. Yeah, the Shady D, man. We had a Shady D in our game, too, didn't we? I actually, um, in watching you play, what I've picked up is uh, how important it is uh, for model placement. So a lot of times I think players feel like I need to charge or I need to shoot or I need to move in and fight. But sometimes just putting the right model at the right place on the field a stupid disrupt something else that someone wants to do yeah. even if it means losing that model and be the right move so like in our game I put my sailor in between your core con and my gen car um, couldn't fit my fully fat thinking he there. was going to die that turn or very possibly could now you had a play where you could have dismounted but I mean initially he's mounted and so you're thinking and, and it was merely to block your charge like I want to put this model in a place where you can't get that model into fight and buy myself one more turn. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing. That's really what I picked up from you. Cause you played a list, I think a couple years ago, black Rose and you had four thieves or three thieves, which a lot of people look at as a throwaway model. Oh, I love them. Just the way you would put them out on the board in different places would just, um, harass what it is I was trying to do. Cause they were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, I can't charge that guy. That stupid thief standing in the middle. Yep, I love my thieves. Interesting. Cool. Oh, that's good to know. Maybe I should learn a lesson for myself. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Get good. Yeah, get <laughs> good. good. That's the lesson. Guys. Get good. What was that? Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks, Roger, for sharing that. I think it's important. You know, I also imagine that you were reading the rule book on and off while during that time. Maybe not. Maybe I am. Uh, I might have just gotten disconnected, actually. 
I can still hear you. I think we're still going. All right. Well, anyway, we had a, a little bit of technical difficulty there, but that's all right. So um, we got, got bored. Yeah. Listen to me and push the mute button. And just started clicking on stuff. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Roger, uh, do you have any other like pearls of wisdom uh, to leave as we, we start to wrap up here? Uh, I would just say pick a list, learn it, pick a list, learn it. Um, yeah, I think, um, as long as you know what your models do, you've got a good shot. Awesome. 14 Vezrin it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> One alpha backmaster. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. They said they can't pick up treasure tokens and they were right. <laughs> uh, Jim in my campaign is running a, uh, Azalakar and 13 Borgats. Yeah, he, uh, he needs <laughs> another hero in there. Otherwise, he's going to be real sad when the finals come around. Right. When the final right. scenario comes around. <laughs> oh, man. One well, of them will get promoted inevitably. Right. He'll have the hero Borgat. Yeah. Or a <laughs> bunch of fleeing Borgats, whichever. Yep. Um, well, thanks, Roger, for joining us. We really appreciate you. It's all right. I got to check something off my bucket list, man. I know, right? Awesome. I was on the Midmitten podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll yeah. we'll have you back on with uh, whatever you play next. Talking about that. Going to say part of his strategy was to listen to the podcast. That's really what pushed him into that next category. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It is shameless plugs, or that's what it's all about, you know. Speaking yeah. of shameless, you plugs. too can be North American champion <laughs> if you listen to the Midmitten Gaming podcast. <laughs> On repeat, just put it enough. Yep. Um, yes, well, speaking of which, before we kind of head out here, uh, first weekend in November, uh, we are going to be having the Midmitten Gaming Con again here in mid-Michigan, Mount Pleasant. Uh, we'd love to see any of any of you guys there. We're going to be having lots of events and uh, going to be posting more about that as we unfold it in the coming months. Um, but the location has already been set at the same place again here in Mount Pleasant. Uh, you can find more information on that on our Facebook pages. Just type in Mitten Gaming Con, and uh, you'll see either the event or the actual page, which is set to private because of silly spam bots. But um, there you go. So Yeah. So we hope to see you there. And, Roger, thanks for joining us. And Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a happy night, everybody. Take it easy, fellas. <laughs>